everybody and welcome to another episode of the Making Sense podcast. I am Sam. Uh, yours um, truly is here. <laughs> Kalisha. Jonza. And Jay. How's everybody? We good. Good. Not bad, not bad. We're waiting on a special guest. We are. He will be here very, very soon. Yes. And he'll be able to introduce himself. Once right. <laughs> The infamous. <laughs> <laughs> the infamous, mate. His Twitter is wild. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think he's going to appreciate that. <laughs> I message him all the time. <laughs> I wish I had his confidence. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, we're going to be discussing something else. Yeah, we're going to... Something talk- today. <laughs> we're going to be talking about QE, quantitative easing. If no, you're you, thinking, what is that? You need to make to it sound it more, exciting, more like... Yeah, you're setting the tone. Oomph. Yeah. As we're going to be talking about QE. <laughs> Just setting up the listeners for a full day. Yeah, isn't it? About <laughs> quantitative yeah, if, easing. If, if you're thinking, what in the world is that? Then you're tuning into the right place because we're going to break it down for you. By the end of this episode, you'll be an expert. Fantastic. You'll show up at work on Monday and say, guys, have you heard the latest news about QE? <laughs> you're going to wow your boss in that meeting. Yeah. And everyone's going to leave the room. Yeah. But before we do that, you know, the Making Sense famous disclaimer please always remember we are not registered financial advisors so please do research for yourselves because we are not liable and that's it (laughs) short and sweet indeed yeah so what what made us want to talk about this topic francis Francis, i need some vim in your voice (laughs) i really do yeah but exactly like that so what made you guys want to talk about this topic I can't remember whose idea it was. Um, I think it was Jerome's idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it was. I think it was. And he's the most silent. Come on, Jerome. Um, I create for you guys to populate. Hey. Big, <laughs> words, <laughs> big words, bro. Um, so, QE. Uh, interesting topic for me. I said that about every single one. They wouldn't be on here if they weren't interesting. Um, as Francis said, it's something a lot of people won't be aware of, but impacts them every single day. And it's definitely impacted us over the last, well, let's call it 10 years. Mm. Um, essentially, for me, it, why I find it so interesting, it was the main response to the 2008 financial crisis uh, and has shaped many of the things we see now. So asset prices, interest rates, uh, supply of money, which all of us are impacted by. Uh, and I think the timing of why we're discussing it now is that in some places, definitely in America, that's starting to come to an end. So as much as you know, we're leading with quantitative easing, we're also going to touch on something called quantitative tightening, which is the reverse of that. Um, so I think it would be good for people to be aware of it for that reason alone. The fact that, okay, to understand why the last 10 years have been, how they've been, or what's in- influenced the last 10 years from a, in the co- economic point of view, and what the future could look like if QE is extended, or if QT or quantitative tightening uh, starts. And you can start to make certain decisions and start to understand why certain things are happening. So if interest rates go a certain way, if house prices or asset prices go a certain way, you can understand why, if you can understand some of the dynamics of quantitative easing and kind of the opinions on it, uh, who it benefits, who it doesn't, and just you know how broad of a topic it is and understand maybe you should be uh, a little bit more in the know. That's how I felt anyway. I think that's, that's a good summary. Yeah, I think it's interesting uh, for me because there's a lot of these economic theories and, and you know, studying e- economics. It's interesting to actually see one having to be put into practice. Yeah. And a lot of people feel like a lot of these e- economic theories are, how can I put it? 
a bit, a bit of fanciful thinking. Yeah. So it was interesting and, to and see. And a lot of them are. Yeah. Uh, yeah QE yeah, was yeah, an yeah. experiment. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, the, exactly. that's the funny thing. You and often then, hear it referred to as an experiment. Right. And then we had the biggest crash since what well, some people said since the Great Depression. Yeah. And you wheeled out one of these theories to use and it stayed in place for 10 years. So, so yeah, I think it would be good for people to understand what's been going on in the background. Can we just get a simple definition of what it actually is? Yeah. Because Jerome said that it's something that people skirt over but we really really need to know about and i think for people that have just gone through their lives managing their finances feel like everything's fine they probably don't know about this but you're saying it's so important so can you just give us a rundown on what it actually means what yeah, is quantitative easing so the quantitative easing and another word for it you could simply say asset purchasing mm. or printing money that's just okay. another that's funny thing they don't even actually print it nope. no it's, it's electronic digital, right yeah. it's electronic yeah. Yeah. Um, and what, what, it, so before quantitative easing is conducted, you, you have to be in a very, very low economic environment, as in, say, a recession, like Jared mentioned, 2008, after the financial crisis, unemployment was really high. There wasn't much economic activity. And usually the first thing the central bank does is they lower interest rates. Mm. They lower interest rates because the whole idea is if interest rates are really low, then it's cheap to borrow money. If it's cheap to borrow money, small businesses will borrow money. Um, everyday people will borrow money, maybe shop more just to get economic activity, right? Stimulate the economy. Yeah, stimulate the economy. That's the idea. Now, when you do that and you lower interest rates and it gets to the point where interest rates are close to zero, there's not much more you can do theoretically, right? So at that point, what you do is quantitative easing, which simply means, so there's the central, there's the central bank. And then there's the government and then there's there's us, right? There's mm-hmm. us people. Now, during quantitative easing, the government issues government bonds, which they do anyway. And that's just the government borrowing money so because they have to borrow money to finance activities, right? Fine. So the government issues government bonds. The central banks buys these government bonds. Now, here's where it's the, here's the important part. The central bank will create money to buy these bonds. Now, when I say create money, it's money created out of thin air, mm-hmm. i.e. they go to the computers, they type in some digits, and boom, there it is. Doesn't that, I think we've spoken about before, that um, weakens the it, strength? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you mean of the, the currency. currency. Yeah. In the long run, it does, okay. but at this point, no. Okay. Simply because you're, remember, in this environment, everything is really low already. Economic okay. activity is okay. really low. There's no inflation. There's hardly any inflation. Yeah. Nothing is growing. So they create the money basically out of nothing. So so just imagine the central bank has created a few billion. Fine, they have that. They will then go to the bank, to an investment bank, and say to investment bank, okay, we, we want to buy government bonds. The investment bank is acting as the intermediary, right? So they're the middleman. So the investment bank, they will collect fees of making that transactions, of allowing the central bank to buy the government bonds and the set is the, it's the investment bank that will go to an auction to buy the government bonds and then sell it on to the central bank so the whole idea of this is that the money that was created is going through the investment bank to buy the government bonds when that happens you effectively you've created more money right because they created money out of thin air the whole idea of doing that is to increase um, increase the money supply so there's more money in circulation I don't know if it's a dumb question but does that create debt it does that it increases the government debt yeah yeah it exactly. does that's why in, over the long run you can't do it 
Yeah. But yeah, that's exactly what and it that's does. The thing. And that's one of the main things, right? They said it was supposed to be a short-term thing and it's yeah. lasted for 10 years. Yeah, they had different rounds. Yeah. There was QE1, 2, etc. And it's totaled, what, £375 billion? Pounds? Yeah. Um, I think it's more. That's, it's that Europe, the, the ECB one. Yeah. I think in the Bank of England, so in England, it's um, £5.9 billion, a trillion or something. Well, well, wait, wait. So, are we talking about the balance? What are we talking about? So, the amount of when they did the QE, yeah. the amount of money that has been created, the amount of government bonds, bonds y- they bought. Yeah, yeah, it's it's close to five point eight trillion or something since oh, wow. since two thousand and eight in 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 England huge. in the UK. So, to your point, they've created that much debt. So, what is the goal of QE then? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, who do you want to fight? The whole process, right? Remember, I was saying is um, because they've created all this money that's in circulation now. So the banks, in theory, have more money to lend out, right? In theory. So the banks have more money. And the whole idea is because they have more money, they're more willing to lend, right? Yeah. That's the theory behind it. Whether they lend or not, that's a different story. But the theory is they have more money, that they're more willing to lend. Businesses are getting more uh, more access to money supply, i.e. if you're a small business, you can borrow money more easily. And also because there's more money in supply, that means the cost of debt is lower, mm. um, i.e. it's cheaper It's cheaper to borrow money. Wasn't there a point where they were saying that the banks weren't actually passing that on? No, they weren't. That's why off I, like, the, the required amount. That's what I said in theory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said in theory they should, but yeah, they, they weren't. They can't control that. They do effectively. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right. And I think there was a bit, in, I remember at the time, there was a bit in the press talking about how they weren't... Um, they weren't actually passing down that money to, to small businesses quick enough. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and we have a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. What's, what's happening, mate? Do you want to introduce yourself, mate? I'm sure everyone knows who you are, but... It's really um, the voice, they will. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so apologetic. <laughs> <laughs> and TFL was really defeated today. Bro. And the other day, I heard you go. saying, I hate being late. I do. I don't like being late. <laughs> no, what is, yeah? Because I record here for touch our fractures yeah, as well yeah, so yeah. i already know the route i know what time to leave my house to get here like 10 minutes early got to the train station then i was like yeah no was it hammersmith line i was like huh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. so i had to try hampered yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool man it's cool thanks for joining us yeah but yeah just to finish off kadisha mm-hmm. so because um money is more accessible it's not just more businesses but in theory you know everyday people because borrowing doesn't cost as much you know interest rates on loans is lower they're supposed to be able to get more access to money and, and borrow more money and do something with it, invest it or spend it. Anything really to stimulate the economy. So long story short, quantitative easing is done in order to stimulate the economy and it's done by injecting more money into the economy. So mm. small businesses, or even big businesses or everyday people can access it. That's the idea behind it anyway. So I've got a question then. Does it work or has <laughs> it worked? It, it, you know, it does work, but it works marginally, I would say. Okay. Um, so, just you know, we just idea. we just kind of I just kind of That's gave a quick um, <laughs> a quick summary of what it is in simple terms. Uh, so you've just heard the first question. Do you have a, a view on that? Um, in terms of does it work? Yeah. Well, has it worked? No, it hasn't worked. In my opinion, I think it's been a a terrible disaster for <laughs> if, if 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 what the if what the authorities say what they wanted it to work for. Um, quantitative easing, um, as you've explained, is essentially. It's meant to pump money back into the economy by increasing the money supply. Mm. So the idea is you increase the money supply. Now banks have more credit. So they loan out to people like us who will go and invest, um, invest, use, use that loan to invest in our businesses or whatnot. 
when really, really it's just basically a wealth transfer from the have-nots to the haves. Yeah. Because essentially what you're doing, if interest rates are really low and then these and the banks are buying up all these securities and bonds from these institutions, the banks don't like, okay, cool, we've got way more money now. Let's start giving out loans to dysonomics and making sense. No, they don't do that. Like, oh, we've got OP, let's buy more assets. So yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. and, and that's what we do. That's why you're seeing like asset prices are quite high. Mm. Especially what matters to most of us, real estate and housing, yeah. is still quite high because these these um, institutions have credit is now super cheap for them. There's a lot mm-hmm. of liquidity, yeah. and housing market is like almost a guaranteed win. If you're gonna buy a house, you're gonna get like an eight ten percent return year mm-hmm. in year out. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna do that. So for the everyday people like us, it doesn't really help us whatsoever, and that's why they're gonna look into quantitative tightening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you're right. It. it I, I, yeah, I was saying earlier that it, it worked marginally simply because I say marginally because, um, the central banks, they set themselves targets, right? So, mm. so they're, how they measure the effective, effectiveness of it is they'll say, okay, we're doing this. And in return, we want to make sure that in X amount of years, we want to see unemployment reach this level yeah. or we want to see inflation reach, you know, this level, et cetera. So to them, as long as those levels are being met, it's working. Obviously, to us in every in, in everyday world, that's a completely different story. Yeah, of and course. Yeah, yeah. You're right. With the assets, um, asset asset prices, obviously, yeah, they've gone up through the roof simply because it's so cheap to get money. Yeah. So the wealthy, they're the biggest. They gain most from it. And so yeah, I was gonna say, you can't be underestimated because when they're doing these transactions, the investment banks in the middle are still collecting their fees. Oh yeah, 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 yeah those yeah, individuals yeah. are still getting wealthy, getting yeah, their bonuses. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, that's yeah, the, the wealthy the gain the most. Um, People like, I don't know, savers gain the least yeah. because yeah. interest rates are low. They're not collecting any interest. So that was kind of my view. And, you know, there was a tweet yesterday you put out about the housing market. Mm. And I was thinking, can I literally just view it as the rich uh, or the haves benefiting from the increase in asset prices? Because if you're someone like me who grew up in a council house, which was then bought and is probably worth three times the, t- the amount that my mum bought it for, mm. have I benefited from that too? Yeah, essentially you have, but it's just like um, mm. it's, it's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like um, it's just um, it's like an argument where people say is the housing market part of the real economy? Mm. Because if your house has gone up, let's say threefold, that's great if you sell it. Yeah, yeah. if you don't yeah. sell it, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, 100%. like, 100%. I, I know I know some aunties are about to sell their houses and they're gonna make a bag, so it's great for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for them, like. So you, but if you don't sell your house, yeah. in terms of your everyday life, does it does it really benefit you like that? Mm. Whereas the banks, they're flipping and trading these yeah, securities yeah, yeah. Point, and they're eating point. off the transactions, so mm. they are benefiting on an everyday basis. But I think as an everyday person, that the biggest benefit to you really is that you can borrow money cheaply. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. There's lower interest rates. So if you needed a loan for something, it's quite cheap. Hasn't that turned into a bad thing? Is it personal debt at the highest level it it's is. ever been? It, it, it but, but then what I, about... I don't think that's to do with the low rates that's more to do with the fact that wages are stagnant and cost of living is high mm. so if you ha- you still have to pay bills no matter what like you mm. can't avoid mm. you can't avoid taxes and bills unless you live in some sort of mud hut somewhere <laughs> but, but um if you're not if your salary isn't going up as much as the prices of living is mm. you're gonna have to bridge that gap somehow and that's where all the credit people come in so and so I- even if the interest rates hadn't gone down you think those people will still have borrowed that yeah because like at the end of the day if you need to make your people Good need point. to eat people yeah. need to pay for bills mm. and then even let alone like desires like maybe like luxury goods or mm, whatever holidays etc. yeah and especially in this society with social media and yeah. the power of marketing they'll still man- find a way to gas us yeah. to want to buy stuff so yeah we just, we just, spoke, we just spoke about yeah that. we just spoke about <laughs> that influences yeah yeah, yeah.
Yeah. So so um so yeah, and and as I mentioned initially, they you know they start buying government bonds only. Um, if it reaches the point where they think, okay, we need to inject even more money, then they start buying bonds of companies. So they're just, they're not just yeah, they buy corporate bonds as well. Now it's reached the point where. The, couple was it last year or something people were talking about buying equities even <laughs> yeah buy, yeah buy well, share, which is crazy this. that is straight wealth transfer as you <laughs> mentioned <laughs> that is straight giving the wealthy uh, the asset owners money it, it hasn't been done can you imagine how the share price would go up yeah, that would be, that'll be crazy oh, that would be crazy but again that was just a discussion um mm. so yeah bro broadly speaking that's what it is and that's that's what it's meant to be doing um, yeah for sure it definitely feels i watched um, an intelligence square debate on YouTube about mm. it. It was pretty cool. Um, and even the guys that were pro QE could pretty much admit that there's winners and losers mm. and the have-nots are very much the losers. You know, it's it served a purpose. It's got us through the 2008 crisis, but they can admit it wasn't perfect. And yeah, that, it's not. Yeah, yeah not. And, you know. So I'm quite interested to see, you know, QT, mm. what that's going to look like. You know, is, do, is it literally going to be the mirror of, of QE? It, that, yeah. That's literally it. It's the reversal of it. No, but it, well, in terms of the impact. Yeah. Oh, the impact. Um, I think it'll be worse. Mm. Yeah, because it's not like a linear thing, right? It's not like you put in one in and you get one out. Yeah. Right? So, just, sometimes you put one in, you get 10 out or you get only half out. So I don't think... It'll... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would just be a strict, you know, reversal and it would just reverse the impacts of it. I think there'll be larger negative impacts mm. yeah. what, what could they have done instead i was about to say that what alternative yeah, they, 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 um, in terms of like central banks they don't really have that many tools like yeah. their main tool is like manipulating interest rates yeah. and after once you get to 0.5 interest rate you can't exactly go to negative rates because if you go to negative rates like Japan and them and there like it's not that they, because you're basically charging the banks the banks are charging people to hold money yeah. when if you but when cash is the biggest block of that because if I just take out, let's say I had 20 grand in the bank and then I'm, I'm hearing you're going to, you know, do negative interest rates. If I just take out my 20 grand and put it in my hat, in the shoebox, in the night box, my 20 grand is not losing value. Yeah. Whereas in a bank, you're going to take rates out of it. So that's why they're slowly, I believe they're slowly trying to push the cashless society. Oh, 100%, 100%. Because then the central banks have even more power because yeah. if they say, yo, negative rates, then as long as you could do all your money is in there. Mm. So... After, after you get to interest rates of like 0.25, 0.5%, there's not really much they can do. So that's why it's a bit worrying in terms of like if there's another crisis. Exactly, and some people believe there's going to be another one within the next year or two, yeah. or, may, or definitely within the next presidential cycle of the Americans. Yeah. What can they do? Because they've utilised, they've done up QE, mm. they've slashed interest rates. What else can yeah. they potentially do, which is quite interesting yeah. and quite scary at the same time? I, I, yeah. I think, yeah, for central banks and their monetary policies, there, there's not really much they could do. But if you wanted to look at it more from a from like a fiscal yeah. policy standpoint of view, rather than uh, doing all these you know QE runs of uh, bond buying, you could have injected money directly into the economy, right? Mm. By saying building infrastructure projects. Um, mm building schools building roads even if it's if it's not really needed you could have you could have still done it just to get money straight to the everyday person on the street yeah. like say like construction workers yeah, construction. the number of construction workers has been decreasing since it peaked in 2008 yeah um i looked at a statistic that they're basically saying if you look at pound for pound right so each pound which was um created through qe generates about 8p whereas each pound that's put in a real economy increases by or has increased to about uh, £2.80 so that's almost threefold right compared to 8% yeah. 
of what QE would have achieved. Mm. So I think alternative is injecting money into the real economy. How that's done, that's you know, for infrastructure, building stuff, that's just one way. If you want to be really radical, there's this concept, but it's just a theory. It hasn't really been done. Helicopter money, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is why basically you have a sack of money, <laughs> you're in a helicopter and you just throw it all down and everyone catches it. Make it's it just, isn't that yeah. the basis of, of universal <laughs> basic, basic income? income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's just an, you know, not going to happen. John Maynard yeah, Keynes came up with that. but it's going to happen. Yeah, it's a bit too simplistic, right? Or, or is it really? No, you, you, uh, basic, universal basic income, I think he's talking about. Oh, you, oh I, I thought you meant gonna, helicopter. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it'll happen in the UK. I can't see the conservative the, the, the Italians yeah. are trying to do something similar. It's not the, the new do coalition. It's much longer. They seem to be falling apart. The yeah, seats. no, I'm not sure <laughs> that because bodies are dropping over there. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Mm, that's a good point. Do you see Labour doing that? I think yeah. they'll be more likely than yeah. conservatives. If it was Corbyn, Corbyn will be doing all types of madness. Yeah. So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not too sure. I but, suppose um, it's the influence um, of We used to know about fiscal. It's quite interesting you said that, but because we've seen, especially in the, in Europe, after the crash, they did the opposite. It was more austerity measures mm. where they shrinked government spending and just tried to like try to save money and not blow up the blow up their balance sheet, which is a bit interesting. So I'm not, I can't really see major Western governments actually pumping money into the real economy like that because mm. it's just the fear of yeah. fear of government debt. Yeah, they probably won't. But it's an option, right? It's yeah, an but it's an option that I think yeah. they more should they wouldn't do. more should yeah, take. They up. wouldn't. No, no, I agree. I agree. So, which is unfortunate. So how can we measure the effectiveness effectiveness of QE? Yeah, I mean, if you go by the central banks, they have these measures like, you know, unemployment rate uh, and inflation, etc. They're very broad or basic measures. But I think for us personally, I, I don't I don't think we can or I don't. So I think, you have to take it as part of the bigger picture. Yeah. As QE is one of the things that's affected us as part of the, the crisis. So as an everyday person, you have to look at it as part of the bigger picture. I guess. You could isolate QE and say QE has affected me mm. in these ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Could you? Fine. I think if... Um, it depends on how you um, phrase the question. If you're saying, okay, has QE worked in terms of like stopping the bleeding and improving the economy, then you can look at obviously the broad things like GDP, unemployment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you can look at more individual things like wage growth, productivity, youth unemployment, mm. um, stuff like that. Like, um, what's it called? Um, household debt. All those type of things that you can look at and I'm pretty sure the numbers aren't that friendly personal debt as I mentioned yeah, yeah. Like not yeah, personal debt is like at all times highs yeah. in the UK inequalities and, like and I think yeah uh, social what, mobility yeah with what John said how, if I'm looking at how it affects me as a person what kind of things am I looking for yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I, that I, just, just those things yeah. 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 I think for each for as an individual I'm not really sure you can do that in a good way yeah I think you can look at your overall well-being right yeah. like am I better off yeah. five, compared to five years What's ago the and you can maybe see how these different things are contributed in, yeah. gone into the funnel that comes yeah. out but yeah. it's difficult yeah. it's, it's hard to say Q especially is like difficult. Um, especially um, your life has probably changed dramatically in the last 10 yeah, years yeah that's the thing so you have to and look like, at actually lifestyle. if you're working in 10 years Lord willing you've probably elevated in your career and stuff mm. like that so it's quite difficult yeah. to see how much impact it is in terms of QE compared to just natural progression yes. so you've yeah. had kids yeah. and blah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have a very fitting um, stat on that one <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, um, uh, what was I saying um so the the three, sorry, <laughs> bro, are you right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, yeah, so on, it's, I think it's just over three hundred and seventy-five billion worth of government bonds that have been bought, right? Since '08, mm. and if you if you look at that on a per person or per capita mm. 
in the UK. That's around 6,000 per person. So you could argue, rather than doing all of that bomb buying, they could have given each of us 6,000 pounds. But what would you have done with it? Put a rolly straight. What would you have done with it? I'm doing Vegas, B. <laughs> yeah, so Kalisha, you know, we're better, into we could have been better off by, by six, Francis. 6,000 pounds, roughly. Some people that got rid of that in eight days. Yeah. Quickly. Nah. I would have cherished that. I would have cherished that. I'd have had to give it to Sam. I was really upset by that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. I love Gaucho. I think Gaucho's got one of the best steaks. I know. It's going. 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 I'm not really yeah. a big fan of gachos. Oh, I like it. Uh, like Before it. I stopped eating meat, I did. I did it's like good it. for the price. It's good, mm. I think. I yeah, and the vibe in there, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the staff, the staff are nice and friendly. Yeah, especially if you go for a, a brunch. Yeah, oh, got yeah the, 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 the one in London Bridge. Yeah, you know, that's what we you, you got the view. Listen, do you want to get consulted together? Do you want to get consulted together and save them? Why not? You know, I've got five pounds in my car. You just to save one one restaurant and the rest of them could go. Save the London Bridge one. And then yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. The rest yeah, could go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who told the only places in Liverpool Street? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one. Actually, that one. Have you been to that one? The, no, the one in the basement. Think, no. That one is kind of cool because you walk in and you don't even see it. You just see like oh, a little yeah, glass yeah, building. Yeah, yeah. yeah the like, glass. Oh, bo- yeah, the restaurant? I think it's just so random. I know. And then mm. you take a lift out today. You're like, whoa. But mm. after like seven, six thirty on a Friday, nobody's seen that yeah. place until True. Monday. That's yeah. true. Again, so yeah. Yeah. you sent them. So. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair point. Fair point. They need some QE themselves, mate. Yeah. Um, interesting. So cool. What was the next topic we were going to go on to? So we've covered uh, who gains and who doesn't. Uh, ah. So how has it kind of been practiced and what have been the impacts in different countries? So obviously America have done it, we've done it. Yeah. Um, Japan, was it called QE when Japan did it? Or was it, was it, was it a similar thing? It's or? called madness. When Japan did it. <laughs> uh, abenomics. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, abenomics. He took a very different view to everybody. Yeah, I think the, the effectiveness has differed in different countries. Um, I, I can't even say where it's been. Oh, actually, I would say in the US is where it's been the most effective. And I would only say that simply because if you look at the economic cycle, the US is a lot further advanced compared to, say, Europe or, or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, the more advanced you are in the, in the economic cycle, it just means you're, you're getting closer and closer to your peak economic environment where, I don't know, the, as in the maximum of GDP you can reach. The US is a lot closer to that. The Eurozone is a little bit behind, so is the UK. So you could argue the US is... Yeah, it's where it's been most effective. But that's just, you know, that's just a theory of me saying it's not black and white like that, you know. I don't know. Dysonomics, what do you... No, no, I, I, have, a, I have a similar view. Obviously, it's not worked yeah. as much well in um, Japan, but they're in, like, eternal problems. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but they had deflation before all that business, didn't they? And now they, they've got different they, problems. Their, their, their economy is just crazy. I, I actually started reading a book on it, and it's just quite scary how their, mm. their economy is. But, um, yeah, America are a lot more advanced in the economic cycle than us here in, in Europe. And also, it's quite difficult to measure because obviously America's one, one yeah. sovereign body, whereas one. Europe, we have different countries yeah. where, like, QE might work one way in France, but you've got places like Greece, yeah. like the yeah, pig nations, yeah. Portugal, Ireland, <laughs> Italy. That's what they call Portugal, Ireland, Italy, yeah. Greece, and Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, the pigs, man. Yeah, they're... Oh they're <laughs> you find that so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer, where are you right now? I said, oh, I said it already. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so, and those, so it, it has different impacts in those mm. countries. Yeah. So with quantitative tightening, how does that work? Because obviously it was easy to understand that for QE, the gov- the the central bank creates some money mm. and 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 buys bonds and, and other bits. Yeah. So do they just sell back all of? That's simply what it. Yeah. No, so they sell it. 
Yeah, so basically when... So obviously if they're getting a bond, let's say it's a 10-year bond, mm. once that bond matures and reaches the end, instead of like buying another bond, they just they just leave it as that, sell it. So essentially they're slowly draining money out of the economy. economy. So mm. I'm not sure how impactful that will be because asset prices and stuff are already like super duper high. So I'm not sure it's going to be like a massive correction. Like, we're not going to see houses go down. Yeah. yeah. So in theory, like if, if interest rates rise as well... Mm. We should start to see an impact, obviously, because the more expensive, the more high interest rates, the more expensive it is to borrow. Mm. But I'm not sure we're going to see a massive increase in interest rates. For and then they're just going to do it overnight, or they? yeah, they're going to yeah, stagger it over. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't. Yeah. Like, they're going to slap interest rates up to five percent. No, I'm talking about yeah. the selling of the. Of oh yeah, yeah. yeah it depends on when, time. like, yeah, these bonds and so stuff mature. In, in for US specific, um, every day some kind of bond they have matures, right? And when we say the bond matures, it's just think of a loan. Mm. Obviously, with a loan, there's a point where you have to pay it back, right? That's the maturity. So if mm. you have to pay back in a year, mm. a, a year from today, that's the, the point mm. of maturity. So with the bonds, for the US bonds, so that the the US Central Bank, the, the Fed, the Federal Reserve, all of the bonds they've bought over these years, each day that comes, some kind of bond matures. And like you said, the tsunamics, they just, the bond matures and that's it, it's sold. Mm. That's it. Every day that happens. So over time, slowly, it's, it's all uh, slowing down anyway. So they don't necessarily have to sell big portions of it. But with that being said, they do sell big portions. Um, I was reading something at work the other day that there was this relationship that each time there's a bond hmm. which has a 30-year maturity and it matures. So just because it has a 30-year maturity doesn't mean they necessarily bought it 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah, they could have yeah. bought it 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, of course, on the bond market. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So each day, a long maturity bond matures. The S&P slumps. The S&P uh, 500 slumps by about between 1% and 2%. And they have this table and you can just see it. Each time that matures, there's a slump in it. It was like every, towards the end of the quarter or something like that, you could see it. So the impact, I would say, is yeah, whenever there's a big maturity, which we can just say whenever a big chunk is sold, Mm. yeah, there is an impact on S&P 500. But as you said, until interest rates actually go higher, Mm. we won't see a huge impact, I would say, Mm. until the cost of borrowing gets higher. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Interesting. And is there has there been any indication on when the QT will start to happen? Or is it, is well, it one of these rumors? In the US, it's, it's, it's happening. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now. Okay. yeah, and the rates have started to rise now. Yeah, yeah. They, um, before Yellen, Yellen's gone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah Yellen's gone. gone. She was like, "Yeah, this is what we're going to be doing." So yeah. it's really started. It. We we got a new guy. His name's Jerome. Jerome Powell. <laughs> oh, Jerome Powell. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's a cool guy and everyone likes him. Do you know why? Well, because he, he speaks name. very simple English. Like I do. He's you know, he's a he's a, he's a technical <laughs> guy, to. but when he holds his interviews, he just speaks in plain terms. Yeah. Everyone can understand Was him. Was he voted in or put in by he's Mr. Put, Trump? He's voted by Trump. But it doesn't make sense because he's so anti he he's got nothing in common with Trump. It's a chess move by Trump, man. I was gonna say it's all strategy. Come on. Yeah, it's a yeah. chess move. I think sometimes people give Trump too much credit, you know. Sometimes I think he's just winging it. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, no. So, so I think I think in terms of being a president, he's yeah. winging it big time. Yeah. I read an article and the guy, said, the guy said, but in terms of being a businessman, the guy said Trump's running America like one of his corporations. Mm. He's not running it like a country. Mm. Yeah. And that's why he's making these, yeah. these decisions. Yeah. So like you can imagine his base voted him on that purpose. Yeah. And yes. I could, you can imagine putting someone in, in one of his companies, even if he doesn't like it, but if he thinks you're going to give the right outcome from a company, he'll put you in. Yeah. You, yeah, care. Yeah, you know, yeah. he'd, he'd put a, Mexican in a CFO yeah. he's gonna <laughs> do the right thing so yeah but sorry, yeah just can I sorry can I just finish Jerome's question okay go on. Right. thank you <laughs> yeah just yeah so it, it is it is already happening in the US it's not happening in the UK yeah they haven't the the Bank of England have a meeting in August where people at, initially they thought that's when it's going to start happening 
But because inflation data came in and it wasn't as high as people expected, you know, it's not so clear anymore. And it's similar to the ECB. They also haven't done it, but that's the discussion of it. Mm. I was going to ask, so with QT, you want to do it enough so that the economy gets to a better stage. But what's the limit? How do they know when to stop and not to go back to a state where they need to do, then do QE again? That's a, that's a fantastic question. I know. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was worth waiting Just for. Saying. <laughs> the, you know, I think the honest truth is, I don't think they know. They don't. They don't. We give like these agencies way too much credit. Like mm. sometimes, like I remember, I was watch, I was at a LSC talk, and this guy was he was he consulted with governments about how to change. You know, like in the in like London, Red and the Slough, you get really high wages, and everywhere else, yeah. you get really low wages. And he was like, "We don't know why. We've tried everything. We just don't know why." <laughs> but usually, a government can't say, Do "You know what? Yeah." We don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I swear, I call yeah, it selection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one thing you can't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't, they can't, can't tell the people yeah. you don't know what you're doing. So yeah. sometimes yeah. they just don't know what they're doing. Obviously, they have some theory, but they're not. They don't yeah. have like a level of conviction for yeah, work. Of course, so of course, it's just of kind of going things, seeing things um, on a short term basis, how it impacts. So yeah. I don't yeah. think I personally don't think they really know. I, and they might do ten percent assess, do another ten percent assess. They yeah. they have like these um these estimates or these rough guidelines that go by. So sometimes you question, how do they know? Let's for the, with the England example, for, with the Bank of England example, for instance. Okay, they wanted to start increasing interest rates, mm. so that um, the consensus was that that was going to happen in August. Okay, then inflation came in for May. Mm. Remember, everything is lags behind, right? So the inflation data for July we're not going to have until the end of August, yeah. early September. So the inflation data came out for May. And I said, okay, it's actually not as high as we thought it would be. So maybe the economy actually isn't doing that well. Mm. So maybe we should hold off raising interest rates. Yeah. So they don't know, but they use these, you know, economic indicators or whatever as yeah. a guide. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, fundamentally, they don't know. And you can't know. Mm. And there's, there's the there's Brexit coming on the road, having yeah, an impact yeah, on this. See, now you're just complicating everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> these are all four things in the mix. Because you could plan your QT. No, you're right, you're right. And then Brexit comes in. See, there that, must have been a scenario for that. That's though. another argument where I actually think that, that it doesn't make sense to start raising interest rates before Brexit yeah. happens. Mm. I agree. Mm. To me, I don't yeah, think I it agree. makes sense, right? You should assess the situation as it happens exactly. and, then, and then react. But yeah. then on the same hand, you could argue, well, actually, no, you should raise interest rates now. So then when Brexit does happen, you can come down again. Mm. Got you. But you could have combined the issue. What? I, before I don't know. You see, there's no simple... Yeah. So I don't know. That's but yeah, that's... Um, it is. Because to Sam's point, you can do all this QT, Brexit happens. And then, yeah, and then you have to yeah. pump money back in. Yeah. So then it, was all, it was all, what, done in vain? I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be a very interesting um, set of circumstances, Brexit. It is. It is. It could definitely change the economy quite significantly. I think, I think Connie will leave. Um, in what sense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you think he's going to change? What kind of Brexit do you think we're going to get? Yeah. I don't think we even know because... Um, like right now, the the backbenchers and stuff are putting mad pressure on Theresa May. Mm. Um, I don't think I don't know what we're gonna get. I my personal fear of Brexit is before I was I, I voted Remain not because I like Europe. I think Europe is not a very good experiment. It's probably on its way out anyway. Yeah, it feels mm. that but way. I don't. Yeah. I never trusted the government to negotiate a good deal at mm. all because mm. I just I always foresaw us having a deal where we leave the EU. But we kind of still have like the same things we had in the EU yeah. without the same level of influence and sovereignty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I saw us happen. Also happen now. I see us completely leaving the single market. Um, 
but not really having any real plan on, on how we're going to conduct business anymore. Yeah. Like, there's talks of, like, these deals with America and stuff, but those are, like, minor trade deals. Yeah. Like, mm. Most of our trade is within the EU. So what's going to happen if we have tariffs? Mm. And I feel like with Theresa May, not just with Theresa May, but the UK don't have that much leverage in terms of debate, in terms yeah. of um, negotiation. So I think Brexit is going to be a pretty much a complete disaster at first, but... I'm not sure how last that disaster is, but it's better to be outside the EU than in it, in my opinion. Okay. But it just depends on how they negotiate that that exit. Is that because of the fact that it feels like it's falling apart at the moment? Yeah, the, 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 like, the EU itself doesn't make sense theoretically because, okay, so we have the European Central Bank. Yeah. So you have a singular monetary policy, but each individual country has an unfiscal policy. Yeah. So, and then you have countries like Greece are able to borrow on the credit rating of basically Germany, mm. but I don't have, it's basically like me being able yeah, to have to yeah, yeah. borrow like JP Morgan, but I don't have JP Morgan's Collateral. clout, basically, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So, sure, it doesn't, sure. so it doesn't make sense. So, and then you have all these different countries with their own, mm. like different, yeah. like, um, what's it called? I'm looking for like agendas. Like you have Poland who are going through a bit of a populist stage. You have France who don't know what's going on with immigration. So it's Germany. Then you have the UK, are we going to do in Brexit? Then you have Italy, Greece, Spain, just trying to survive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like all these different countries pulling in different ways. And I just don't really feel it's an efficient model long term. I think Brexit is going to strengthen the EU. You reckon? Short term. I, I think, well, yes, I think so, but not because they've planned it. I think they're going to make no, an example agreed. out of yeah, the UK. Agreed, agreed. And that will indirectly. Yeah. So it might not strengthen them economically because yeah. the numbers don't lie. But I think in terms of almost the, the collectiveness and then working together as a unit, I think they're going to make an example <laughs> out of... Yeah, because um, I think Holland are trying, I think they're trying to skedaddle as well. Yeah, so yeah, they're going to yeah it's not going to happen. Yeah, 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 so yeah. they might f- but, but, they might flog UK to show like, listen, if you lot try and run away from prison, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is what happens to you. And like. I genuinely feel like there's a, there's a feeling in the EU that the UK really arrogant and they mm. just felt like, well, you're arrogant. Like, though. You, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. yeah very so, arrogant. So, so when England lost everybody, you're celebrating, <laughs> including me. They are. I mean, look at look at the city, right? Look at the city. Yeah, it's bro. it's probably what you know. It, it keeps the UK alive in a, mm. in a sense. But you're you're willing to jeopardize all these city workers just for what this vote of Brexit. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a campaign. It was very, wasn't it? It, it was, was a story it was that was the, so the misdirection of the campaign. And I know I, I, Paris is going to be the next London. Yeah, basically. I agree. I agree. All, all the big banks are setting up shops there. Mm. Luxembourg. Yeah, yeah, Luxembourg yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you something else here, actually. Um. <laughs> Yeah, okay, interesting. Question? No, I think it's that's been I think we covered quite a bit of it. I think for me the main things to take away for everyday people is if you're investing, understand how any of your investments could be impacted by a, Q, a continued QE or QT. Um I don't know, if you've got large debts, you know, have a track of that, what's happening with interest rates, you know, especially if it's variable, if you're about to take if you have a mortgage now and you're thinking about remortgaging you know, do you fix it? You know, do you wait and see? So yeah. it's just kind of understanding what quantitative easing and tightening could impact the irrespective things you have. Mm. Uh, and just, yeah, just keeping aware of it. You know, you don't have to understand the technicals of it. Mm. You don't need to understand why buying bonds will decrease yields, all that kind of stuff. Mm. You don't. But understand that yields are going one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I'd say for everyday people. True. Cool. And start to bring some of the episodes together to build a picture for yourself. For sure. So this episode and, and other thing, episodes yeah. and other topics. Mm, and and one one thing on this this um you know this cost of borrowing thing we always talk about. Mm. I don't think it's actually that clear. But when you think about it, every business ha- always has some form of loan or or debt or something, right? <laughs> Literally, most businesses have that. 
So if if you think of their balance sheet, say that they have a hundred pounds worth of assets, fifty of it is in the form of debt loan, and the other fifty is you know equity that they were given. That f- other fifty percent that changes right whenever the cost of borrowing changes mm. because if the interest rates go up, whoever's borrowing money is paying more. Mm. So that means all these firms that have borrowed some kind of money, their cost of borrowing has gone up. They're paying more interest, so whatever profit they're making is lower now. Mm. So I think it's it's you know it's important to always bear in mind that when interest rates go up, it has a, a very very profound impact on everyone. We might not see it initially, yep. but mm. it, it does. It does. Yeah. Some of that will be passed on to you. They might not take yeah. it to the bottom line. Yeah, and mm. even we see it with our savings interest rate, mm. right? Mm. Some moms you go and they say, "Yeah, hey, we'll pay you this much on your ISA." Other moms is close to zero. Yeah. Um, in two thousand before the cry, I remember my lawyer's ISA used to pay me seven percent. Yeah. This was in 07. It used yeah. to pay me seven percent. Seven percent. Yeah. Two thousand eight came and it dropped to like yeah. one point something. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Obviously, back then I didn't understand what was going on, but now I look back and I was like, okay, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just always interesting to bear in mind what interest rates that the impact they actually have on us directly or indirectly yeah mm. for sure um Bef- go ahead. No, no, go. no no i was just gonna wrap up kind of thing i was gonna say before we wrap up we didn't get to speak to dissonomics and i actually asked like what do you do who you are yeah, and I explain thought, yourself yeah. <laughs> so. i thought yeah um i have a podcast called dissonomics i talk about um mainly economic stuff but sometimes more like social political yeah. topics like it could be i don't know racism women mm. in the workplace um how celebrities make money or could be like interest rates or quantitative mm. easing. So that's what I do. I work in finance as well. Um, I've been doing my podcast for, good question, how long? About a year and a bit. <laughs> <laughs> about a year and a bit. So um, every week. So I just try and make economics um, relatable, kind of similar yeah. to making yeah, sense. Yeah, trying yeah. to make quite tricky information, like very simple. Do you know what you're talking about? Is it um, Jerome Powell, the new, yeah, yeah. like, like that. Instead of like, because like Yellen will go and she'll be speaking, oh yeah, the yeah. ones, da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah, just speak a bare technical and nobody yeah. understands and nobody cares. Because yeah. Understand. And that's yeah. the main yeah. thing. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody cares because if you're not going to package it in a manner they're going to understand, they're, gonna, they're not going to care. True. So I'm trying to help reverse yeah, that. For sure. Yeah, one of my favourite episodes is on knife crime. Oh yeah, see like, that, I, talk about I things, love that episode. Yeah, so some, sometimes I talk about things that like actually impacts like real people. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, like um, obviously the knife crime episode where I had like three guests who, like three yeah. boys from like three different areas that kind of had a similar Experiences. Some were involved in that type of lifestyle. Some weren't. Yeah. But it shows like, how it impacts everybody. So I try to give like, quite a mm. well-rounded view of life. Yeah. Would you do your day-to-day work if uh, you don't mind? Um, accountancy it? was not very fun. I can't <laughs> it's <laughs> not a bad career, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to escape. Man. Trying to escape. I'm trying to escape. Go, right? yeah, no, yeah. I'm trying to escape myself. Boom. I'm trying to escape, but I'm trying to get into something more revenue generating, man. What are you thinking? I'm thinking tech. Any, anything that, business. like, if I work hard, I make more money. Simple formula. Yeah, man. I want to, like... I know, like, I call, I have potential to generate more this month. Whereas, with my current, whatever I do, if I do niche, get the same pay. Yeah, if I work yeah, 500 yeah. hours, at the same pay. Nah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. yeah, this is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Um, so, we have this new segment, which is called What Have You Learned? I think. It can be about it anything. That. It could be anything. So, the yeah, question from us to you is What have you learned this week, um, <laughs> Dissonomics, that you want to share with us? It could be anything. What have I learned this week? Yeah, good anything. Anything. I'm trying to think. This has been a very bad week. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have I learned? Um, what was I? Oh, what was I listening to this week? Well, do you need some time? Should we? Should we make? No, okay. Last? No, I was, listen- uh, I was listening. Um, what I mentioned about um, potential um, crash. I was listening to a podcast, Joe Rogan podcast, and he had a guest 
can't remember the name, um, the name of this um, financer. He predicted the previous crash. Got you. And he was I talking. Yeah, so I haven't finished fully listening to it because I was actually quite busy at work. So I was like, I need to concentrate on this, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, he was talking about um, how there could be a potentially another crash within yeah. the next next presidential life cycle or even within the next two years. So that's something I learned. We're a bit doom and gloom, but I want to research into mm. that more. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, like I said earlier, or last week, me and Kalisha went to a really good event this week and spoke mm. on the panel. And as I say, I just learned that um, the youth, if they continue going the way they are in terms of wanting to know about finance and investing, I feel like things are really, really going to change in terms of our demographic and having money. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, and I'll repeat again, the amount of young, yeah. low 20-year-old ladies that were so interested in investing and making sure that they make money while they sleep was was a, just a fantastic number. I think there were 100 plus in the room. Something that I've never seen before. So They did like highlight that there needs to be men's one though. Yeah, a yeah. young men's one. So, mm. but, And I trust that there are an equal or more amount of men that are on the same wavelength. So I just feel like the hope for the next... Can I say the next generation? Not really, but the younger yeah. generation yeah, is, is is great. I'm old enough to say that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Should yeah, I go? Yeah, 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 you go. Go. yeah so I, um, I, was, I was listening to some, some podcasts and they were talking about um, Netflix, basically. Um, so they missed their earnings last week. You know, their, um, yeah, their bus- so, yeah, the, they, yeah, they missed their earnings forecast and their stock price dropped quite a bit. So then I was, um, yeah, I was listening to this podcast and they were basically saying the next big round of growth for Netflix is going to come from India. So they're focusing mm. on the Indian market mm. and they believe there's um, 500, was it 500 million or no, 500,000 um, middle middle income, middle class income, blah, 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 in, in, in India. Mm. And they believe if they can tap into that market, then, you know, they can maybe get like 100 million of viewers, sub- subscribers, whatever. Um, so then this guy wrote an article I forgot his name he was basically saying that that's all nonsense it's not going to happen because the the mid, what you class as middle class in, in, the, in the western world yeah. what you class as middle class in other regions they're completely different yeah. he was like in India a middle class person might be able to afford a very nice bicycle or a very old yeah. car that's middle class oh, or he can okay. send his kids to school that's middle class because mm. he's way above the poverty line. Mm. So he was like, the kind of money they would have to, they would have to charge each and every person something very close to what you charge them here. And you can't do that in India mm. because there's only like 25 million in the, the higher, whatever middle class or whatever, who could actually afford paying that um, if you look at that disposable income. So you were saying Netflix have their calculations all wrong. If they target uh, India, they're going to fail unless the subscriptions are so cheap that the true middle true Indian middle class could mm, afford it yeah. yeah so that's something I learned okay so the weirdest thing is as you said that yeah. my phone notification came up podcast India yeah. could be Netflix on tap market it's probably the same one you know I don't like it um, <laughs> I don't like it I'll go next I was reading up on um, Amazon Prime because they have um, they have bought some football rights so they've bought some rights yeah, one of the packages to stream games over Bank Holiday weekend and I've been saying it for a while, I think I've been saying it to you for a couple of years that I think that Amazon, 
and on Netflix are going to get into the football rights Can't game or, or, or sports streaming rights game mm. and they're going to disrupt the whole thing and Sky are going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, I hope that happens, man. Yeah, because they're feeling the I'm sick and... Yeah. Bro, I left them years ago. Same. It make me sick. Shout out the streams. The amount of the amount of hopping and, and shopping I do around every year to there get my Sky reasonable there is crazy. Go. I've got about 42 email addresses. But, um, <laughs> but it's funny that they bought that and I'll just read into Amazon Prime. So <laughs> in America... There are 80 million Amazon Prime members in the US. That's a 64% of American households. Wow. In America alone. Same. And the thing is, what they were saying is... We've so they're chopping a, monthly money off those people or yeah. like a yearly... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, 80 million people. And what, what their model for Amazon Prime, because I'm trying to do some work at the moment within my company to kind of show them the value of sort of freemium almost models. And they were saying that they will never put up the price of Prime They'll put more things into it, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, but they'll never put up the price because they want you to offer you more value for paying that membership. Yeah. And I think Amazon Prime customers, on average, shop 50 or 60% more times on Amazon than non-Prime customers. Yeah, because yeah, I'm a Prime customer. I think same. Same. So, well, I could get the link. Yeah, it's true. Exactly. It's true. Like, I even have this, this setting, the one-click pay thing. Yeah. 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 So I see it, I click, done. That's it, yeah. Everything's set. Yeah. Next, so, next day is there. So it was interesting for me because in any business I've ever worked in, if you add something to the package, you put a price up. Yeah. But what Amazon is saying is price is saying we're adding value to you mm. and they don't need that to go up because the stuff you buy on Amazon separately to your Prime membership pays for all the extra things they put That's in. Yeah. You don't so, know that. So yeah, it's an, it's an interesting it's an interesting model to look at if you know people that are looking into business models and stuff like that. It's interesting, but that's that's a, an amazing number. Got an absolutely Amazon. amazing number. So I learned that Goldman Sachs next CEO David Solomon also is an electronic dance DJ. <laughs> His stage name is DJ D Soul. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, have you heard of the working hours of Goldman Sachs? When does he have time to do sets? Hey. It's a CEO. <laughs> Those guys were forty. Imagine the person who's spinning the tunes is <laughs> <laughs> your boss. <laughs> you, might, you might see some of the interns in the club. Boy, um, what did I learn? Uh, it's been a tough week. Um, <laughs> okay, so I learned during uh, slavery that generally the more rebellious slaves were sent to Jamaica. And the more compliant or complicit slaves were sent to Barbados, oh. which kind of explains. I'm not surprised. My people's temperament, nature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're not Jamaican, I apologize. I'll have no path. slander against Jamaica. Had a wonderful time there this year. So uh, yeah, of course. None of that. And it's a developing nature, uh, country. Uh, I can't wait to get out of there and literally go back. You know, that's where I want to live. To be honest, oh. long term. Once she's old enough, and I, I point at my child when I say she, <laughs> once she's old enough to not leave me anymore. Have you, have you been there, Jerome? Have you I, have, I yeah. have. Not in some time, but I have. I, I spent a lot of my youth there, which is okay. kind of why I connect so deeply. Yeah, yeah I know. I know about I thought you wanted to live in hey, Africa, bro. Been hmm? once, I thought, him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wanted to live in Africa. You I'd like to have me. a house in Africa, for sure. I, I, I want to have property he's in a, Listen, places. he's a global citizen. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Just no? a Caribbean okay, in Africa. I take it back. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I'm welcome everywhere. Yeah, true that. Um, but yeah, so no, that's what I learned. But um, guys, thanks for listening. Yes, thank uh, you. thanks for coming. Thank um, you. Appreciate it. That's you know, cool. You know, long time support. Yeah, I remember yeah, you never. was at our first show at the House yeah, of Commons. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, when good. I was shaking like a leaf and no one noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed. I was, <laughs> I was so stressed. So, so stressed. Up, only up until the point where I had to start talking. I had loads of vim until I sat down and I looked at everyone looking at me. I was like, oh my God, I have to say something <laughs> sensible <down>. now. <laughs> you know, nowhere to hide. But yeah, if you were there, well, you know, thanks for listening then. Thanks good. for listening now. Um, I don't know. Keep your eyes out for yeah. more events. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're going to definitely try and be out and about doing stuff. 
you know, leveraging this podcast, not just talking to you, but actually making a difference in the real economy. Hey, hey. What's the space? What's the space? What do you mean? I of know course. you weren't even paying attention. I, I was listening. Yes, no, you weren't yes. listening. It's all right. Bro, it? you said something about the real economy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on forward, something. Go. <laughs> anyway, bye, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Bye. Peace. Bye.